Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the author's books and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith, our lecturer in philosophy for Catholic Studies Academy. And today we are super excited to have a uh, pretty big announcement. I think it's big. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, and that is uh, Catholic Studies Academy is going to be releasing its first publication uh, through the name St. John Books. And our first publication comes from our uh, professor, our lecturer here uh, in philosophy from Dr. Benjamin Smith. And the title of the book is going to be Understanding Modern Political Ideas, a guidebook for Christians and other patriots. Uh, right. And so we are, yeah, it's very, that's a great title, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I had some, I had some input on it. I don't know if, right. if you know that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a timely book. Um, but it's also, it's also one of those uh, books that, I mean, it's going to carry a big punch because many times I think when people think about philosophy, they think of big ideas and not necessarily practical application. Mm-hmm. But politics is one of those areas where really the rubber meets the road with uh, philosophy and real life. Uh, And so, uh, Dr. Smith, why don't you kind of maybe give us a little give us a little background of this uh, of the of the book and kind of um, what really led you to uh, write about it? Why? Why was this an important topic? Uh, Thanks, Jason. I um, am very excited about this book. it's uh, to be perfectly honest. It's kind of a kind of a, a little bit of a labor of love. The uh, you know one of the things since uh, since I got interested in um, philosophy in undergraduate college, I've always been interested in political philosophy. I have a copy. <clears throat> I still have a copy of my uh, original copy of um, when I was a freshman of John Stuart Mill's On Liberty, and I think maybe that was like about the third book in philosophy I read in college. And I mean, I mark that thing up. It's so <laughs> full of negative remarks, criticism, uh, you know, circles, exclamation points, maybe a few curse words. Um, <laughs> that you know, uh, like it just it it, it just uh, stimulated my thinking, challenged me, um, made me angry, made me want to engage critically. Uh, all those sorts of things, right? So in that yeah. sense, it was a fantastic book in philosophy. John Stuart Mill has lots of opinions and he's not afraid of sharing them. And so I, you know, uh, he was great. He was great, you know, sort of as a initial interlocutor. Uh, and that really, you know, got the hook uh, in me for philosophy in the first place. I had been blessed to also have a philosophy class in high school, which is a little unusual, uh, and, yeah. and which gave me an initial exposure uh, there, I was, you know, mostly interested in, in, in sort of the broad ideas of philosophy, but always political philosophy has drawn my interest. I think that that's because, in part, um, you know, I came from a family that, like a lot of families, that you know, that was uh, uh, kind of a you know a patriotic family, a family that mm-hmm. was um, that that thought, you know, loving your country isn't stupid or silly, uh, but actually yeah. is a good thing. It's a good thing to love your country. And so we, as you know, as a, as a family, as a little boy growing up in that family, I was taught that. And so, um, you know, political political philosophy, thoughts about politics, thoughts about um, the regime you know, that we live under, uh, about laws, about justice, right? Those were part of, you know, what I grew up thinking about, you know, with my parents, learning about from my father. Uh, and then philosophy in college just got me, you know, really hooked on 
political philosophy in general. Um, I mean, I love all of philosophy and anybody yeah. who's taken any of the courses knows that, but that is my specialty, right? My specialty, you know, in academics, I have two specialties. Um, if I, you know, if you were to look on my um, CV, one of them is political philosophy and the other is uh, medieval philosophy. Um, so I've got a wide knowledge of a lot of things, but this is really my kind of um, my wheelhouse. Yeah, I was I was recently talking with uh, some family members, and uh, they made the comment uh, that uh, our family talks about um, politics like other families talk about like college football. Like, like, <laughs> so, and, and, and I think especially like you know in our in our own election cycle and COVID destroying sports sure. and stuff. Like I think I, I think just. <laughs> Politics is becoming one of those mm -hmm. subjects that 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 people are 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 um, I, I don't want to say just emotionally charged about, but but like that are generally people are starting to become mm -hmm. generally interested in you know in a, in a in a serious way, not just in a you know what side are you on or what tribe do you belong in, but like mm -hmm. you know sure, sure. you know starting to look at like political uh, ideology, starting to look at political policies mm -hmm. and and you know foundation things. Uh, that people are, are starting to actually become more interested in them, which yeah, sure. which I think is just absolutely great, you know, for us to to think through these things. Uh, I think what you're talking about there, Jason, you know, this book grows out of, in response to not only sort of my own just interest in political philosophy, sure. uh, but also kind of the current place where we are now uh, in our discourse. And, and like I said, that level of kind of <clears throat> passionate engagement that we're experiencing, <laughs> uh, it's really remarkable. You know, on one half, there's a really fantastic book, something I haven't paid attention to enough uh, in the past. It's a classic by Montesquieu called The Spirit of the Laws. It's kind of an early modern kind of thinking through different approaches to politics. It's really a, a work of genius, I think. And one of the things he says about a republic is he says that politics um, is more spirited in a republic than in any other kind of regime. And he yeah. says that's because the people believe that the that the state belongs to them. Isn't that an interesting idea, that's, right? Yeah. So, so it's it's actually like, and and Montesquieu kind of sees that as a healthy thing, right? That is that because it's our own, right? Yeah. It's not. It doesn't belong to the king. It doesn't belong to an aristocracy. It doesn't belong to you know these other things, right? It belongs to us as the, as a people, um, and that's part of the reason why politics and republic is so passionate right because we believe it belongs to us right which i think is a good a good insight and probably something that's natural to uh, a republic mm -hmm. the other side of it though and this and i laid this out in the introduction to the book is i would i would say that while spirited uh debate and spirited conflict um is part of you know living in a republic um, you know, sometimes uh, people are, are, are upset about partisanship. And of course, there can be a kind of unhealthy partisanship, but really partisanship is part of being in a republic, right? Like, we, we don't live in a one-party state, thank yeah. God, right? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, there needs to be the loyal opposition. It's the job of the opposition to oppose, right? But we all can also say that it's reached an unhealthy degree, right? Sure. That we really are experiencing a crisis of, of politics in the sense that we can no longer debate with each other because we don't have enough of a shared framework and we don't really i mean to be frank don't have enough respect for the opposition to uh, engage in a critical and reasonable way uh, with one another 
uh, I like the phrase, <clears throat> I don't know if he invented it or not, but Alistair McIntyre, who wrote this wonderful book called After Virtue, really started uh, kind of renewed interest in virtue ethics outside of Catholic circles. Mm -hmm. um, in there, he used the term uh, incommensurability, right? Uh, as a, you know, that's a big, <laughs> fancy, fa uh, it's a $10 word. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, you know, it's a really great term because it means not just opposition, right? Not just incompatibility, but incompatibility to the degree of unintelligibility to the opposition, right? There's just yeah. no framework by which the positions could be adjudicated right they're they're incommensurable um that's what we 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 ended up with is 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 really kind of incommensurable sides uh in our political debates and i believe that one of the main reasons and i think that's unhealthy right that's not healthy for yeah sure it's one thing for um for you know americans or people in, in, in other countries to disagree with one another right i expect those who say maybe you could say like a kind of a um fdr welfare uh kind of uh state advocate versus say uh, a more traditional american southern conservative or something right you could see that they're going to con conflict with each other but you would still hope that they have some shared ideas about the united states constitution about you know, natural law, th those sorts of things, right? So that maybe they disagree on the best way to help the poor. Maybe that would be an example, right? But yeah. they both think that that poverty alleviation is important, at least to some degree, right? Uh, so I think that um, uh, we've reached that unhealthy degree, right, of uh, conflict that we can't even, uh, um, you know, debate with each other in a reasonable way. And I think that one of the main causes of that is uh, that we have been using deficient and erroneous political ideas for really several decades. America yeah. is part of the story of the Enlightenment, uh, which I don't want to entirely vilify, but I do want to say, right, that, that I think, you know, while the Enlightenment certainly, I, I believe, um, that early modern periods, we're talking about the 1700s, late 1600s, that kind of thing, uh, early 1800s, that I think, you know, certainly important gains were made uh, during those times. Um, uh, at the same time, we can also recognize that that there were failures, right, and deficiencies. Yeah. And I think uh, a place where we see that most clearly is in the modern ideas about politics. And because we're using flawed ideas, we've just set ourselves up to over time kind of just run off the track and not just run off the track but like run off the track down the valley and over the cliff, right? <laughs> you know? and now we're drowning right yeah. and you know <laughs> not to be too dark but you know what we need to do is we need to get out of that right we need to realize that we're we're trying to uh make bricks without straw right we're using instruments that are deficient to the task uh, at hand yeah, and one of the things that you say very, very early on is learning about these ideas, uh, um, these currents of thought. They'll, they'll, uh, it will bring light to the real philosophical conflict that is at the heart of our political malaise. So, mm -hmm. so one of the one of the main thrusts of the book then is is going to be uh, to to learn about these these error ridden uh, political <laughs> ideologies. Sure. Uh, um, 
So what else, what else how, how can we then kind of, um, uh, or, or how do you address not just these ideas, but, but what else, how does kind of the flow of the book go with, with sure. inserting these ideas in there? Yeah, so uh, the heart of the book is critical, and I just say that straight, you know, like at the beginning of the book, and say that, you know, yeah. the center of the book is, is uh, critical. Now, when I say critical, I don't mean wholly negative. I mean that I am analyzing the ideas um, you know, uh, separating the chaff and the wheat, right? As, as it talks about, right? In scripture, right? I'm looking for, for where there's, there are valuable things in these ideas. And, and I think, uh, you can find insights even in deeply, um, uh, deficient, um, and erroneous ideas. You can still find insights, right? You know, I mean, sure. one of the things as a philosopher, that I've, you know, one of the blessings of having been a philosopher is that, you know, I've had the, the opportunity to, to not just, you know, read two pages about Nietzsche and see something scrawled on the wall of the bathroom, right? <laughs> but rather to like actually study him, you know, like with some depth and, um, and say, you know what? I'm deeply opposed to his thought. At the same time, I could see where like he's got some insights, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, uh, when I say critical, that's what I mean. It, it is going to involve refutation, right? And any of, the, any of my former students uh, will know that uh, I'm not shy with uh, the enjoyment and use of refutation. Um, there's nothing wrong with good dispute. Um, yeah. At the same time, uh, I do, it's not wholly negative, right? I am looking for what I can find in modern political ideas that is uh, useful and insightful. How do you bring in, so a big part of this book also is uh, um, classical philosophy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so you're, you're, you're attempting the, uh, uh, the very <laughs> high task of, of trying to bring together the modern and the classical right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, uh, uh, the, the tension just, well, if you get the book in the mail, the tension will just shake the book through the wrapper and you will not even so, have yeah. to unwrap it. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's uh uh, and there, that is a challenge, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, one I'm sure that I only accomplished it perfectly, but still a challenge worth uh, accepting um, and engaging. Um, so, at, at the intro, in the introduction, I lay out what I see to be the kind of problems with uh, contemporary political discourse. Then, mm -hmm. in uh, chapters one and two, I lay out sort of the principles, right? Yeah. Um, that I'm going to use in the rest of the book. Right. Okay. So in that, you know, I, there I, I develop and explain principles, standards, foundational ideas, um, and define my terms. Right. And those first two chapters, especially chapter one, which will I'll just go ahead and tell people, you know, that if you get the book, and I hope you do, that the um, um, that's probably the, the part that's a little bit the, the, the most dense, okay? Yeah. Uh, because that's where I'm laying out, here are the principles I'm going to use in this analysis and in this criticism, right? And those principles, you know, I call it classical uh, political thought. You could just as well call it, uh, you know, Aristotelian Thomist. I just didn't want to use that term because I do bring in some things that are additional, uh, sure. a little bit from Cicero, a little bit from Plato, uh, as well. Uh, also, I didn't want to kind of get bogged down in debates about about well, what is really Thomas's position about X and is Aristotle's, you know, I, I think those debates are lovely and interesting. I think I have an interpretation. My interpretation is not uh, bizarre or marginal. <laughs> um, been, my interpretation is pretty mainstream, I would say, uh, within Aristotelian Thomas scholarship. 
Uh, it's not the only one, but I would say it's a, you know a, a fairly standard interpretation. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, you know, I don't I don't want to get involved. I didn't want to get involved in that debate. That's really kind of a debate for scholars. I think this book, although scholarly, is nevertheless pr not primarily for just for scholars, right? It's not an academic book uh, sure. in, that, in that sense. Once I've laid out those uh, those central ideas about, um, um, you know, kind of what is the common good, what is the natural law, what is political community, who is the human person, you know, once I've kind of defined those terms, then I have principles in hand by which I can analyze the various modern uh, political ideas and crit criticize them. And there, you know, just to, just to, you know, kind of skim here the table of contents, the ideas we look at are classical liberalism, mm -hmm. uh, sort of kind of John Locke kind of ideas, um, absolutism, uh, progressivism, conservatism, Marxism, and neo-Marxism. So we cover a huge, you know, span of ideas there, and uh, um, you know, I try to, you know, each chapter is boom, right on on that idea, right, and I try to define the idea as clearly as possible, pull out a couple of implications, engage it critically, and mm -hmm. draw some conclusions, and then move on to the next chapter. I think that's I think that's hugely important, especially for our listeners. No matter what you're doing or trying to analyze anything, and which is what we should be trying to do with political ideas nowadays. But like, if you're going to spend, if you're going to do some legwork, because there's so much to do out there with regards to you know, uh, kind of making your way through this. I, I think I think the way you laid it out is perfect. You 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 have to begin with some first principles. You have to say here sure. are the here are the de definitive things that we are going to. This is how we are going to say them and understand them and define them. And then we can talk about things because I think where a lot of people pass each other nowadays is, you know, we'll use terms like the common good or something like that. Uh -huh. We have totally different meanings. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and Justice, so, all those sorts of things. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, uh, even phrases like, you know, that have become notorious now, social justice, right? You know, that phrase, you know, while it had meant something for Catholics in the early part of the 20th century, I mean, the way it's used today, you know, I mean, Pius XI would, would like you said, it would explode. I mean, well, this is not what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you know? uh, so, I mean, I think you, you're right, Jason, defining your terms, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so important uh, in these kinds of uh, uh, projects. Yeah, and I think, you know, real conversations that, that I've had with people, and I think real conversations that our listeners can have with people, is when they when they get into these topics is to slow slow the conversation down and say okay hang on what do you mean by social justice that's right. yeah and then and then when you start talking about that mm -hmm. then you can then that's where i think you could really make some some headway and say okay now that we have an agreed upon or okay this is where the real disagreement comes mm -hmm. in this is where the mm -hmm. this is where the rub is 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 back on these you know kind of first principle things and not necessarily and you know right. the uh, how they how they affect policy or how they affect uh, any of those things. So, I mean, I, I think that's crucial, but, you know, so I think that's a huge strong point of the book is to, to lay out clearly those principles, again, that you're going to use to critique uh, the rest of these ideas. Because if you don't have those, I mean, it's, it's very right. difficult to have a conversation with anybody <laughs> about anything if you have no shared terms or, <laughs> or anything like that. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So after you, after you kind of uh, 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 critique uh, some of these modern ideas, these modern political ideas, mm -hmm. uh, uh, where, where do you take the reader then? 
Um, I don't leave him drowning in the middle of the river. Thank you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is there hope? <laughs> Is there hope? Yeah, I mean, I try to throw a life preserver out there, right? Uh, because as you'll see, I, I, I'm pretty, uh, you know, as, uh, uh, critical of the modern political ideas and, and try to show that, that, that really none of them quite work. Um, and so you could say, well, you know, does that just mean like head for the hills? Does that mean like we're just... Yeah we're done does that just mean you know just you know wait wait till the great persecution arises or whatever it is you know uh whatever your apocalyptic scenario is um the and i don't want to say no i don't believe that actually um it's funny for those who have known me for a long time i have a reputation for being kind of pessimistic about politics and history (laughs) and that sort of thing but oddly you know uh, in recent years i've kind of started to think that i kind of i kind of wonder if we aren't sort of bottoming out and, and, and sort of heading back up. I, I see some things that are encouraging to me uh, in, in the area of politics, places where I think that, that actually, you know, those who believe and understand divine law and natural law, um, you know, those who are committed to, um, to, to faith and right reason are making some gains actually. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, the, uh, so I have some, I have, uh, I am encouraged that I think there are some things heading in the right direction, uh, but I think there's a lot, obviously a lot of problems still uh, for sure. And a lot of threat and difficulty here um, to faith and right reason. And so in the, the last part of the book, I don't just leave you know my readers with uh, sort of drowning the river. Uh, I, I, I apply the principles that I've developed, that mm-hmm. I've used, and the analysis that I've developed throughout the book to craft a proposal, right, about how um, American political discourse can be improved. Uh, now, one thing I want to say, just as a caveat, you know, I talk sure. about America in this book a lot. Um, that's not because I think it's the only important country or something like that. I, I'm, but it's the, my country. It's the country I know the best. It's the politics I know the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, that's, you know, these are the principles that are involved here. Principles about the common good, justice, virtue, et cetera. Those principles can be applied really to any country and to any time. But if I'm going to apply them to politics concretely, I need to do that you know, in the area that I know the best and the, the, the area I know the best is America. So that's, and also that's where I live. That's what I'm, you know, frankly, the most concerned with, not that I'm unconcerned with uh, politics in other countries, but it's my own, it's my neighbors, it's my, my family, my backyard. Uh, and so um, that's why I do that. So I take, I take again, uh, some, some of the principles from classical philosophy, as well as the analysis that I've done on modern political thought. And then I apply that to contemporary American politics and try to develop uh, a, um, a vision, a, uh, a sort of program or a set of ideas, a set of standards that can guide us in, um, I think, uh, renewing and improving our American Republic. Um, the central, that, that central idea uh, comes out of uh, my analysis of liberalism, conservatism, uh, and, and sort of how those things have developed historically and, and, and the way in which those, the, the insights contained in those ideas can be improved with classical philosophy.
Ah, interesting. So you really are trying to bring together some of these uh-huh. these modern things, you know, sure, but interpreting sure. him and and, lo- and looking at him through the the classical lens, which which sure. again, I I mean, I think it's great because you know much of and you know even in theology, I mean, so much has been. Um, What's the right word, the non-political word? Um, just that there's been a lot of damage because of, you know, a loss of metaphysics, you sure, know? Sure, right. uh, You know, I think, I think in a similar, you know, in an analogous way, you know, there's been a lot that's been lost in modern politics because we, you know, we think philosophy begins in the 16th century. Um, <laughs> right. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> you know? That's right, that's right. right? And so it's, it's true, it's true. You know, it doesn't begin the 16th century, but here's another thing I want to say, and I want to say this to my especially to Catholic conservatives and Christian conservatives, yeah. it doesn't end in the 16th century. <laughs> right. And there's a tendency, and I've had this myself, you know, yeah. I've been at this, I've been involved in academic conservative intellectual Catholic circles for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I entered the church in my early twenties. That was a while back. <laughs> like 10 years. Ten years. <laughs> yeah. Five or 10 years. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah. just say that. It was there. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a long time. And, you know, I've held different positions. I've, I've changed on, on things that I've thought. And, um, you know, like, uh, you know, are there flaws in early modern philosophy? Of course. And I'll be happy to tell you all about them. Uh, <laughs> are there flaws in the founding of the United States of America? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's made up of fallen human beings, right? Yeah. Working at a certain time and place limitations on their knowledge uh uh as all men and women have right <laughs> um and and so i want to say you know we don't want to say that it stopped in the 16th century just throw up our hands right the solution yeah. to our contemporary political discourse is not 13th century france i'm sorry <laughs> right i mean I, I get a little um uh impatient with uh the kind of almost sort of utopian medievalism that yeah. sometimes comes across in, in, in Catholic conservative circles. You know, we're not going back to 13th century France. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm as likely to uh, celebrate the achievements of 13th century France as much as anybody in the world, right? I love medieval philosophy. I love, you know, medieval thought and culture, but that's not who we are and that's not where we are. And to kind of just fantasize about that is, is, is fairly useless. Yeah, it, it's not it's not the equivalent of a of a of a long of a a, a long uh, Renaissance fair. You know, <laughs> right. going, going to a Renaissance fair is not the same as living in thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, maybe it's even healthy to have a period in your life where, for a couple of years, you kind of say, "I don't, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm gonna just absent myself." intellectually from the modern world and delve into that. Maybe that's yeah. even a good thing for a couple of years, yeah. but at a certain point you have to move beyond that. Right. Sure. And you have to say, okay, here, this is where I am. Here are the ideas that are at hand. Uh, let's see what we can do with that. Right. And that's what I'm, I'm engaged in, in this book, right. As I'm using classical ideas, ideas from Thomas Aquinas, ideas from Aristotle. Um, but I'm engaging modern political ideas with those in a critical way but not exclusively critical way in a way that uh, I try to develop the say a positive vision by the end of the book uh, that can inform our political discourse in a way that is at once classical, right? But also relevant to American politics and American history, 
right? And the kind of American regime that we live within, right? Uh, I think that that's, a, that I actually think that's being a good Aristotelian, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think Aristotle has the idea of a kind of a ideal state in the mind, like it's this pure, you know, uh, um, real, utopian reality, right? You know, rather, you know, you have to be sensitive to where you are, the history, the spirit of the people uh, that you're engaged with. Uh, and, and develop political ideas and conclusions, right, uh, in that way. Yeah, uh, two, two things. You know, the first is, you know, I think you're completely correct when you're saying, like, now is actually a, a good time of hope, you know, in a very, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, I think, you know, in a very Christian sense where, you know, like, the majority of the times throughout history that the Catholic Church has grown has been during hard times, you know, times sure. of persecution and, and mm -hmm. difficult times like that. Well, politically speaking, we're in some some difficult times, but at the same, sure. but but you know, at the same time, these these thoughts and ideas are being brought to the forefront, mm -hmm. and and I think and this is the 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 second thing is I think Catholics and just Christians mm -hmm. need need to engage, like you say here, in a thoughtful way, not in a communism is stupid like that shouldn't be your sure. argument <laughs> you know right, right, right. that may be your conclusion but you need to you need to <laughs> to lay it out uh, uh lay it out in a thoughtful way that mm -hmm. somebody who may have you know socialist or communistic tendencies mm -hmm. can can grasp it and, and bring it out that way so i mean i think you're completely correct it, it, it is a great time of hope but at the same time we have to be uh, we may have to engage in a little more study so that, sure. you know, we can be thoughtful when we respond mm -hmm. to people and not just dismiss them, you know, attack their ideas, but not their person, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good way of talking about it, Jason. Uh, I think you're right. Um, the, uh, I think, um, um, just two last thoughts I want to leave listeners with with respect to the book um, is that, uh, um, I think that this, um, I think that this book will be really useful because I do think it gets at the core of the problem with modern political ideas. And I'm not going to give away too much here because I do want you to get the book. <laughs> I want you to read it. Uh, I think it's going to help you if you read it. Um, but the core mistake, I think, in modernity is uh, circles around ideas of autonomy. Mm. Uh, that is the autonomy of man and the autonomy of reason. When I use the word autonomy, I, I mean that in a really specific way. It's one of those terms that just become more important to me over the years. Again, I've been blessed to, to be to work at philosophy for a long time. And, you know, it, it takes a while for some of these things to, to sink in and to become clearer, uh, sure. you know, to, to get clarified. And one of the things that's, that's become clear to me over the years is this idea that the importance of this idea of autonomy. And what I mean by autonomy is uh, to be a law unto oneself, autonomos, mm. right? Um, a law unto oneself. That is kind of, I think, one of the central ideas of modernity. To take it out of the political realm, you know, one of the, the things about modern philosophy that's so interesting when you study it, and Jason, I think we've talked about this, is the tendency of modern philosophers to start philosophy over again every time, <laughs> right? They all basically say, everybody's been mistaken, right? Except for me. <laughs> Except for me, and I'm gonna yeah. start it over again, right? You know, and th that speaks to a, a view of autonomy, right? That comes from somebody who thinks that he's a law unto himself, right? 
Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, prior thinkers, prior intellectual paradigms, it wasn't like that. It was more constructive, right? You might criticize previous authors, but you also built upon them. And you, and, you know, somebody like Thomas Aquinas or Ibn Sinai or uh, Moses Maimonides would have thought it was foolishness, right? To try to start philosophy over again, right? <laughs> now that's just one area where I think this idea of being a law unto oneself, right? Uh, uh, comes out, it comes out very strongly, I think, in politics. And again, without giving away too much of the yeah. argumentation, I just would say, I think what ends up happening, and you'll see this unfold in the critical chapters, is that that idea of autonomy ends up destroying itself, right? Sure. So by the time you get to Marxism and neo-Marxism, you have the destruction of autonomy, right? And, and I just think about how important that is, Jason. That me, if I'm correct in my analysis, that means that the ideas that we have been using in our modern political life literally eat themselves, right? <laughs> literally lead to self-destruction. Is it any wonder then, right, that our discourse has become so destructive? No, right? It's not, right? It's not surprising because yeah. we're using ideas that are literally self-destructive. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's frightening. It's frightening when those ideas get put into practice. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I mean that that's one of the the things now to see all the connections there and see the arguments there and how they all uh, how it all works out. You you'll need to read the book, right? And I go in and I try to I try to lay this out in the way that I taught, right? Which is yeah. you know with a lot of clarity. We're going to get our ideas clear in each chapter. We're going to define our terms concisely. Uh, we're going to look at the arguments, we're gonna draw conclusions, and then we're gonna move on. I know that everybody's time is precious, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm I have a real focus in this book on concision, right? And yep. making these chapters digestible. You really should be able to read a chapter a night and be done with this in, you know, uh, two weeks, you know, at tops. Uh, it's that kind of book. Uh, it's 125, 126 pages, you know, so it's, it's not, this is not, you know, this is not, uh, um, you know, uh, Dante's Inferno or, or something yeah. like that, right? Or this is a war and peace, right? Or something like that. It's not a Russian novel. <laughs> so don't worry yeah. okay, uh, about that. The, um, uh, did you have any thoughts about that before I move on to the, the other main idea? Yeah, no, it's, I, I think that's, I think that's a great place, a great place to begin that, that we have to be able to talk about these ideas and discuss these ideas uh, uh, in a way that's, it, that is, um, like you said, digestible. And, and I think not just for the reader to be able to absorb it, but also um, when we talk to others, we have to be able to explain it in a way that doesn't just go over their head like you're talking about. Yeah. Now, now, maybe you're talking about ideas that are completely foreign to them, so it may take some more time. Sure, um, sure. But at the same time, I mean, it's not, you know, uh, you know the works of, of, of Aristotle or something like that that sure. we're trying to, to make our way through. Uh, which I think, which I think is just helpful, uh, all all the way around. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think when when you were talking about you know that uh, that idea of autonomy, I mean I think that's one of the 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 to understand the person as you know law and of themselves. That that's that's something that's that's huge. That again, so much of the modern world just assumes. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this this is where we this is where again. Uh, um, Precision and like you said in your book, you're you're trying to be concise. Where this is something that that you know we need to understand ourselves to understand the the modern world 
and be able to go directly to that and challenge that mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, fighting in the peripheries. Like, <laughs> go, you know, we need to be able to understand uh, uh, and go to the heart of the problem and discuss that with our, with our uh, fellow neighbors. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's true. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's part of living in a republic too, right? It's, you sure. need to be able to think, you know, I mean, our, our, our founders, I mean, look, we live in a republic. And I, I know that there are Catholic monarchists out there. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. I get it. But, you know, we live in a republic. Okay. <laughs> and, and you need to think in those terms. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're going to live in a republic, you need to, you, we need to be able to think, right? We need to be able to think about politics. It's a big deal, actually, to live in a republic. I think we've kind of come to take all that for granted. And yeah. I don't need to, I don't want to kind of grandstand about democracy or living in a republic. I actually kind of want to say, look, we live in a republic. That's the form of government we have. That form of government imposes a duty upon the citizens that's different than other regimes, right? We're not supposed to let uh, other people replace our own thinking. We're, but neither are we to be, to remain, you know, opinionated and ignorant, okay? (laughs) Right, it's, we have a duty as a self-governing people uh, to be informed and to be able to think well. And yeah. this book, you know, I, I think contributes uh, uh, to that. Negatively, I think, in the critique of um, uh, autonomy, uh, but I think more positively, and what I say towards the end, where I try to develop uh, an idea about uh, reforming American politics. Um, and those chapters are, are very specific. It's the last four chapters of the book that are very specific to uh, America and American politics. And saying that, I would say, you know, the book is relevant uh, to the current election. That's just, like, I don't know, two, two days away or whatever. Uh, it's relevant to that. Uh, it's not about that. Um, it's relevant in the sense that it's about, you know, Amer- American politics, about politics mm-hmm. in general, but also about American politics. Um, but in that, in those last chapters, the, the idea I developed that I think is a, a standard uh, that can help us reform American politics is the idea of ordered liberty. Yeah. Uh, this, this phrase, this idea has a long history, um, just in, in kind of a summary form, I put it this way. If you, if you know any, if you've engaged in philosophy at all, one of the issues that comes up consistently is like the meaning of freedom. Right. Yeah. This is not a. This is not unique to America. This is a, uh, a you know just part of the history of philosophy. Right. Um, in America, I think the the discussions about this are particularly um, have a particular force to them because of our particular history and the way in which we have uh, emphasized liberty. Right. Sure. Um, and and one of the things I want to say is that I believe that. Um, in early modern philosophy, let's say I go through those those modern political ideas, I criticize them, but I also look for um, insights and mm-hmm. truths where I can find them, like Thomas Aquinas teaches us to do. And uh, what I find, right, is that that I think that despite very serious deficiencies, um, did you hear me say very serious deficiencies? <laughs> okay. So despite very serious deficiencies, I think that classical liberalism, the kind of thought, uh, like the thought of John Locke, 
the kind of thought that inspired uh, the American founders has some grains of truth to it. Yeah. Right? It has some valuable insights to it. And uh, that, now again, I said, very <laughs> serious deficiencies. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to get people to listen oh, to two things at once. I think this has some insights and it's very inefficient. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I lay all, all that out in detail in the book. I, and then I try to address, okay, how could this idea be improved? Sure. Right? Yeah. Criticism is easy to be perfectly honest. Sometimes, yeah. right. Being constructive is a more, is a, is a greater challenge. And so what I try to do is I try to find, you know, the, those kernels of insight that John Locke and the founding fathers, John Adams and others had, and I try to develop them and enrich them with classical ideas, right? So I take what I find to be decent and valuable within our intellectual tradition and try to enrich it uh, with classical ideas to develop a, a vision of ordered freedom, a vision of self-governance, right? That can actually help us to think more clearly and rationally and rightly about uh, American politics and about the American Republic. And that, I mean, I mean, that hits on exactly what, you know, why we even started Catholic Studies Academy, you know, is because we want to help people to, to think clearly, to uh, uh, be thoughtful about serious subjects, uh, and to, you know, recognize our own limitations, but not be afraid to grow in them, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, uh, you know, like you said, like understanding, you know, the, the, the critiques of, of freedom mm -hmm. and to under, but also to, you know, are to certain notions of freedom, um, but also to, you know, be able to, to critique something, but also be able to analyze and say, well, you know, there is something positive sure. here. You right. know, and, and I think just methodologically, I mean, that's how we should operate as human beings when right. discussing things with people. Say, so, okay, you know, we, mm -hmm. you know, we disagree on, uh, or, you know, we disagree on how to feed the poor, but let's be clear. We agree that we should feed the poor, you know, right. something yeah. like that, you know, to find those things. We want the poor to eat. <laughs> yes. right. yeah. We might do for differ on how that gets done. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but let's not be, uh, let's not demonize sure. right, the opposition in such a way as to falsify their position. That's a strong man, right? That's yeah. not being rational. Yeah, we want to destroy ideas, not people. You know, right. and we would, right, yeah. and, and that, and that's the other thing. That's the way to to look at you know construction, mm -hmm. is you know uh, we want to we want to build things up. We want to build up a society, like you said, that is that is rightly ordered towards the good. That that mm -hmm. is uh, justly ordered. That is you know in a very good way, mm -hmm. well ordered. You know, and in this mm -hmm. way, it reflects you know the kingdom of God. Sure, you know, I think sure. and and having that order. Uh, um, and stuff. So, Dr. Smith, I think you've given our, our listeners a lot to think about, and now you have given them something to even read about. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I really do believe in this project. I think it was a fun project to work on. As a lot, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, it was a lot of work. I have full time job doing other things and uh, and so forth, and family. Um, but I think it'll be useful to you if you buy it, if you read it. I think you'll find it useful. I think it, you'll find it engaging. I think you'll find it concise. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be a great blessing to myself, uh, my family, you know, if, if you do that, um, and I just enjoy the idea that people will be able to, to engage in that discourse, uh, yeah. and to improve, uh, their way of thinking, but also it's just a, it's also just a joy to 
get to share those ideas, right? I love those yeah. ideas. I love this, uh, this subject matter. Uh, and, um, and I love the opportunity to, to, to share it with you. So please do uh, consider purchasing the book. Christmas is coming up, you know, you know so buy it for yourself and several other friends. And, that's uh, right. It'll, or, be, it'll, or, be, it'll, be, it'll be a valuable gift. That's right. You know, or, or somebody, somebody once told me, if you like it, buy one. If you don't like it, buy two and give it to people you don't like. So, uh, <laughs> that's right. I don't, know, I don't know if I'll go that far. But, but anyways, we'll put... We'll put all the information in the uh, show notes below and give sure. everybody uh, point everybody to where they can purchase the book and everything. Sure. And yeah. and just and just so everybody knows, if you uh, if you if you do enjoy the book and this is kind of your first exposure, check out Catholic Studies Academy, where Dr. Smith has uh, uh, classes on uh, different uh, different areas of philosophy, so metaphysics, foundational uh, philosophical ideas. Um, and so you can, you can look at all of our courses there, both in philosophy and theology as well. Thanks and God bless.